Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right, we're going to play through a few scenarios here. So if President Biden is the captain of the Democratic Party, and let's just say, for argument's sake, President Trump is still the captain of the Republican Party, uh, voters and party members from left to right are ready for a mutiny. Uh, Polls show that Democrats and Republicans alike want fresh voices to replace today's older generation of political leaders. And there are a lot of young candidates already lining up for a shot, maybe at the presidency in 2024. Uh, But it's interesting, though, you have to look at history and these intra-party challengers uh, have not done exceptionally well, uh, either against the incumbent or or, uh, as a challenger. So if, if President Biden or former President Trump do run again, we'll suppose that, what's likely to happen, what's likely to play out? Uh, and again, it seems across the political spectrum that everybody's saying, okay, can we can we do different? Can we do better? Can we uh, get someone younger, fresher, uh, not so steeped in the party politics and maybe a little more focused on policy solutions? And so as the, the country continues to struggle under a host of things, obviously the inflation uh, that continues to be a, a burden on all Americans and the, all of the challenges that that uh, has the Biden administration facing, we're we're really trying to get this sense uh, of where where do we go from here? Uh, many have said that President Biden is just going to be too old. He'll be eighty two in twenty twenty four. One Republican strategist said, "There's just this sense that a rematch between these two old guys is kind of ridiculous." Uh, for a lot of the American people, they just can't fathom that we would have a uh, President Biden, former President Trump uh, round two. And so there are many on the left and the right that are calling for something different, a little younger. And so it's so interesting because often you you end up with that call. Of course, Bill Clinton rose to power as a new generation of leader, uh, really took him from uh, a governor of Arkansas to the first baby boomer president in 1992. Of course, 2008, Barack Obama's youth was an asset in his primary against Hillary Clinton. Also helped uh, President Obama in the general election against a much older Arizona Senator John McCain. If you look back to 2020 in a very crowded Democratic field, uh, then Mayor Pete Buttigieg, or Mayor Pete, as he was known then, we have to call him secretary now, uh, he was uh, he had a lot of traction early on and had a, a focus on fresh leadership. Uh, ultimately, that was uh, stalled and overtaken by President Biden, who many Democrats just said, hey, this is a safer, better choice uh, to go up uh, against Donald Trump. Uh, now, the dynamics continue to shift. This is where the polling gets really interesting to me. Uh, there was an Associated Press poll uh, that came out said 83% of American adults say the country's on the wrong track. 83%. That's a big number. 
Only 36%, of course, are uh, approving of President Biden's leadership overall. 62% disapprove. And even amongst Democrats, uh, there are many that say, you know what, they would rather have somebody else running for office uh, in 2024. And so as those shockwaves move through Democratic circles, you have the younger generation starting to jockey for position. Uh, here's some of the the younger guns, so to speak. Of course, you have the vice president, Kamala Harris, is 57. California Governor Gavin Newsom is 54. Uh, they're obviously getting some attention. Pete Buttigieg, of course, uh, Secretary of Transportation, is getting uh, a lot of interest as well. Now, unless you think this is uh, only a Democratic issue, uh, no, the Republicans are in the same boat. Uh, where the majority of Republicans uh, do not want to have a Donald Trump version two running against Joe Biden. And so the young guns start to circle the wagons. Of course, you have uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's 43. Uh, He is uh, one that's getting a lot of attention. Uh, Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, is 45. Uh, Former uh, South Carolina governor uh, Nikki Haley's 50. Ted Cruz is 51. Uh, then you get to some of the a little older of the youngers. It's amazing we can call the older of the youngers. Vice President Pence is 63. Uh, but compared to an 82-year-old uh, in uh, the current president, that would uh, be an interesting thing to look at. So as you look at all of those numbers, the one thing that seems to be the common theme for Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives, is they'd like to have a different kind of conversation. And I fully believe that the nation is ready for a different kind of conversation, and that's going to take a different kind of leader. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think any of the names that I just mentioned, either on the Democratic side or the Republican side, actually fit that bill. I think it's going to take something vastly different uh, and not just a younger version of the same old, same old because that's not going to change the dynamic at all. Uh, If you have someone that is still so steeped in the party politics and the machine uh, that is the fundraising fundraising apparatus uh, of both the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, you're going to end up with the same stuff. And we shouldn't be surprised as voters. So part of this comes back to something you've heard me say on this program before, and that is this is a we the people problem. And the question The question for all of us is, what are you afraid of? So, Republicans, what are you afraid of? Democrats, what are you afraid of? And, of course, the answer to that question is usually you're afraid of losing power and influence, which is why we continue to send incumbents back at an incredible rate in this country. Rather than having a different kind of conversation, especially when it comes to the highest office in the land. Someone who is supposed to set the agenda and the vision. As I said before, uh, the history is not favorable uh, to those Democrats looking to challenge the sitting president. Uh, Usually doesn't end up uh, too well. It usually ends up with the challenger losing to the incumbent of the same party and then not doing well in the general election either. So if you look back uh, through some of those uh, cases, of course, you had uh, the duel between uh, Ronald Reagan and Gerald Ford. And uh, that really weakened uh, President Ford. 
many people at the convention. It really wasn't decided till the elect- election. And after hearing Reagan speak at the end, many said, I think we chose the wrong one. 1980, you had uh, Kennedy and Carter go- going at it. That was a nasty race. Uh, Carter had really clinched everything, but Kennedy uh, just kept on swinging. And ultimately, that weakened Carter and uh, changed the game. And so it's interesting to go back and, and look at all of those and see how it played out. We even, we even saw that in 1992. Remember, uh, Pat Buchanan uh, ran as a Republican against sitting President George H.W. Bush, uh, which really weakened uh, the then president. And I, I keep reminding people when they when they talk about some of these numbers, uh, you have to remember that George H.W. Bush had an almost 90 percent approval rating just a little over a year before the election uh, and ended up losing to Bill Clinton. Uh, And again, a lot of dynamics in there, but it just shows you how fast things can change. But I think the interesting question, the interesting question to me is not so much about the age of who runs, although that's an interesting debate, an interesting conversation for another day. To me, it is a freshness, not in terms of years, I think what we need in the country is a freshness in terms of ideas and approaches to these policy conversations. Because if somebody does that, if somebody really changes the way the conversation is happening, if someone really invites the American people to be part of something different where they are needed, uh, that person's going to win. The question will be, will we just continue to fall back to what we know with this base politics? Or are we the people ready for a different kind of conversation as well? That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Top of the hour news is next. Hour number two straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.